Uh, this morning, we're going to go back to a verse that we looked at uh, in John chapter 8, uh, verse 51. And um, when I covered this verse, it really prompted, let me read it for you, and then we'll, then we'll a few more comments, and then we'll pray. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And um, when we looked at that verse, you know, last week, or for actually the last couple of weeks, really prompted in my heart uh, a, a real desire um, to talk about heaven, uh, because that's our destiny. And uh, I don't do topical uh, teachings very often, but this morning is one of those. Um, and it was really cool when, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when I made that decision that I'd focus on heaven um, today, how in God's grace and his providence, things came along time after, almost every other day for the last two weeks saying, yep, that's, that's what you should teach on. And I got uh, uh, an email from Alex Knight, who's uh, the proud father of uh, uh, this handsome young man up here, Ben, uh, saying, you're not going to believe what the closing song is uh, for this Sunday. And I said, oh, wow, that's in my teaching notes. And, uh, you know, I won't, you'll be surprised too, but it's really a cool way to end. And then um, I polished up my notes uh, yesterday morning about 11 o'clock and sent them to Jennifer so they could get posted uh, online for you uh, to be available for you. And, um, and uh, I said, oh, I, I forgot to do my devotions, you know. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, I, I, I love Charles Stanley, you know, Charles Stanley's devotions. And uh, if, you, if you track with him, uh, yesterday, yesterday morning's devotion was on what? It was on heaven. And I was like, well, if I, if I needed another, like, affirmation to go for this, uh, that certainly uh, was, a, was enough for me. So, uh, so I'm sure either at the 8.30 or 10 or someone... Uh, watching at home, uh, I think you need this. Uh, you know, God wants to speak to your heart today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. It shapes us, it molds us, it tells us about Jesus and our eternal destiny to be with you forever in heaven. And I pray, Lord, that these truths that we'd look at today would encourage our hearts. They would transform us and sanctify us. Uh, they would uh, put joy before us that we could walk in it today, but also uh, that joy that awaits us with you in heaven. But I pray, Lord, that I could communicate in a way that uh, gets these truths across in a clear way that grace would be abundant, that it would be winsome, or that it would win a heart today, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So come with me to John chapter 8. We'll read again verse 51. Then we're going to go, so get your Bibles ready. Uh, then we're going to go to John 14. Then we're going to go to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to look at a few other uh, points along the way before we close up our, our teaching this morning. But Acts chapter, uh, John chapter 8 has been rich for us. Uh, uh, Jesus comes to the Feast of Tabernacles and, 
and, and brings forth that, that, that aspect that he is that living water. And there's great dissent. Uh, the religious leaders of his day uh, desired nothing less than to see him uh, crucified, to see him taken out. And yet over and over again, Jesus issues to them a word of grace, a word of invitation to come to him and to experience forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That's 851. Jesus says this, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. And what Jesus has come, Jesus came to reverse that curse that we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. That when Adam and Eve fell, they introduced that, that something that was something that, that they've never experienced. And death came. And Jesus came to reverse that curse and to bring us life. Like we could read in John 10.10 10, and how the enemy comes to, to destroy and to rob. But Jesus came to bring us life and that abundant life. And having that as the focus of our life, that Jesus has come to bring us eternal life now and to live with him forever has a way of transforming us and sanctifying us to make us more like Jesus himself. Jesus talks about this again in John chapter 14. Come there with me. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let your hearts, let your hearts, let not, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I love the King James Version better. It says, my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas, like many of us from time to time, we're absolutely clueless. We don't know our left hand from our right hand. And Thomas says, Lord, we, we do not know where you're going. How can, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach this text, John 14, at your funeral. Uh, hopefully, you'll be listening from heaven. <laughs> but if you're not in that place, hopefully by the end of this teaching, you'll be secure there. But I always use this text because it always brings comfort to the hearts of the people that are there. Your funeral is not going to be about you. Your, 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 your eternal destiny will already be decided. You could change that today. You don't know Christ, you can invite him into your heart and your life. You can have him forgive all your sins, cleanse you from unrighteousness. He'll give you a righteousness that, that is not of your own. It's going to be a gift. It's the imputed righteousness of Christ. And you can be secure as you abide in him. You can be secure in knowing where you're going. But at your funeral, if I'm doing it, this is what you're going to hear because it it tells us 
that we can have peace. Let your heart not be troubled. It tells us that there's a place that we're going. Jesus says, I go and prepare a place for you. There's a promise. I will take you to myself. There's a path, the way, the truth, the life. And that path is a person, a relationship with a person. And that person's name is Jesus Christ. And the disciples heard this. They heard John chapter 8. They heard John chapter 14. Come with me to Acts chapter 1. And yet they weren't, they didn't have it quite all together. But they were going to experience an event that I believe sealed it for them. Certainly they had seen the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is in their midst. But there's an event that takes place and that's recorded in Acts chapter 1 that is absolutely astounding. It's pivotal in the life of the disciples. Matter of fact, every disciple, with the exception of, I think, John, who died as an old man, all the early disciples were what? They, they were martyred for their faith. If we could put ourselves in their shoes, in their sandals, so to speak, maybe we could get the impact that this would have on our heart. Acts chapter 1, verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And so they didn't have it all quite figured out yet. They thought Jesus was going to be a political remedy. In other words, the Roman occupation, and finally, Jesus was going to be that that picture of the conquering Messiah that came. They forgot about Isaiah 53 and the suffering servant. But they thought that maybe this Jesus would deliver them from Roman occupation. And they were seeking a political remedy. And that's good for us to understand that, that as of back then and as of today, that the remedy for the human heart and the human soul is not political. Because human heart is all we like sheep have gone astray, each to his own path. There is, there is no one righteous, Romans 3.10. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift that we receive when we believe in Jesus Christ, Romans 6.23, that comes through belief and trust in Jesus Christ. And so they were seeking a political remedy, but that wasn't what Jesus had come to do. Look at verse 7. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And that they did. Verse 9. And when he had said these things, if you could put yourself in their shoes right now, when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a, and a cloud took him out of their sight. I, I think that would seal the deal for me. It was like, wow. And these guys were just like you and I, you know. We'd just be fixated on that thing. We'd just be looking and gazing. And then two angels, two angels appear and say, hey, boys, come along. Get your eyes off of that. Get your eyes on the mission. 
is the Holy Spirit's going to come and empower you to be a witness. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, these disciples were complete, resolute, all in. They believed that they knew and could remember John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. That Jesus had gone before them to prepare a place for them. And that place is heaven. You know, when we have that beating in our heart, we are forced to recognize that all of us, whether we're a Christian today or even if you're a non-Christian, we all have wired deep in our souls. Our DNA is wired for home. Ecclesiastes 3.11 kind of captures that thought, is that God has put what into the heart of man? God has put eternity into the heart of man. And even in the natural, we're all wired. We all have that, that hardwiredness of seeking home. You know, my mom, Marie Rita Bates Conway, she's 89 years old. She's lived within 500, 800 feet her whole life. She lives in the same house that when she got married, she went from Tainter Street, about 500, 800 feet to Fountain Street. She lives in that same home. It's the home I grew up in. And when I go down to visit my mom, the house I grew up in, the yard I played in, there's something, you know, that happens uh, every time. There's something that says, oh, home. Oh, that's where. That's where that, that's where that happened. When I leave my mother's house, I drive up Fulton Street. I go by this red brick home. Oh, that's where Becky was born. That was, that's the first home. That's where we brought her home in the nursery. And wow. My grandkids, you know, especially Madison and Lucas, you know, they're going to come to visit next weekend. Lucas goes, Pa, can we go climb on the rock? Big rock that's in the woods. It's the same rock Becky and Tim grew up on, would climb, pretend they were Daniel Boone. Home. We all have it. We all know what it feels like. And spiritually, our, you know, spiritually our hearts are wired for that. That's why it's so important that as believers, that we have some very basic scriptures memorized in our, and hidden in our heart so that when our friends and our neighbors, the topic will come up at some point so that we could say, oh, you know what? That thing that's in your heart, that's part of the Imago Dio. That's part of how you're wired. But you know, you know in the Bible, the Apostle John says this, that these things are written to those who believe in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. These things are written to those who believe that you might know you have eternal life. Do you know that you can know that and not just hope for it, long, long for it, but you could 
experience that security in your heart and your life? That these things, this Bible, this book, is written to get you home. Some of you need that message today. You're lost. You want to get home, just don't know quite how. Or you once thought you were on the path, and now you're confused. Jesus said this, let not your hearts be troubled. Jesus said this, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. And through inviting him into your heart and your life and, and asking him to forgive your sins and, and, and yielding your life to his life, he'll get you home. Because that was the mission that the Father, out of love, sent the Son to accomplish, making a way back home. Keeping this focus, I'll give you three other points. We may get to all of them. I'm not sure. But keeping this focus bring in waiting for that blessed hope, in waiting brings hope and holiness. We could take a look at Titus chapter 2. Come there with me. Paul writes this in chapter 2 and verse 11. Because having the hope of heaven in our heart produces transformation and sanctification in the life of the believer. It teaches us... It, <laughs> it's so exciting. It teaches us to say no to things and yes to others. Because deep in our heart, we long for Romans 8.29. We want to be like Jesus. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Paul writes this, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age as we wait for what? The blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you were looking at the notes, you'd know that 2 Peter chapter 3, 10 through 13 speaks of this same thing. That having heaven as our focus produces hope and holiness. Secondly, if you can come with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, not only does it produces hope and holiness, but it produces perseverance and perspective in our life when afflictions come. Having heaven as our focus brings courage to persevere and brings a perspective to the problems that we have in this life. I'm reading from... 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. So, I love these verses. This is a good study. Look up, all the, look up all the verses that say, do not lose heart. This is one of them. So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Well, some of you, I can see this. Some of you have been experiencing this. You say, oh, not me. Well, remember when you got in the car this morning? Your neck used to be like an owl. 
could turn almost all the way around. But you got in the car this morning, turned on the car, and you went like this. And you went like this, and you said, that ain't going to work. So you look at the mirror, and then you slowly back out, <laughs> praying for one of those new cars that have a camera you can just watch. You're wasting away. All of us are. All of us are going to experience difficulties and trials and afflictions. As you get older, they, they become inescapable. And yet all these things are designed to sanctify and prepare us. Take a look at the text with me. For this, this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond what? All comparison. It brings us perseverance and perspective. Look at the next verse. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are what? Eternal. Last one for today. In decline, as we decline, we have faith and we have fear. Fear in the sense of reverence for God. We have faith that God, he has prepared heaven for us. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 1 through 12. I'll leave that for you. God has wired all of our hearts to long for home. The way to home is through Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. As we receive him as our Lord and Savior. As we turn to him, repent of our sins. As we accept the gift that he offers us, eternal life. He is our security. He is our way home. One of the questions that begs to be answered is, will you get there? You know, as a, as a father, as a grandfather, it's a horrible thought to think that one of my kids or stepson or one of my grandkids that they wouldn't be there. And so if that's you today, don't break the circle. Make sure you get to home. So the circle, giving away the song, not be broken. And that's my prayer. And that's my prayer. For you and for those I love the circle would not be broken and we will all be in a place called heaven for eternity with Jesus Christ. Say amen.